So today we are still on the topic victory by the Spirit. I'm dealing today in a very uh, peculiar way, a subtopic, very interesting subtopic. Right in your notes, the subtopic is spiritual training. Spiritual training. Spiritual training, victory by the Spirit. For the past few weeks, I've been, I've been on this topic on Sundays, and I believe it has been a blessing, learning the Word of God, knowing the exactness of what the Word says, as against what our religious mindset about what God is or who God is, is to us. And there's this exactness that the Word of God brings to us. Spiritual training. First of all, I'd like to bear in mind that you cannot consistently win until you are trained to win. You cannot consistently win until you are trained for it. Even if God works a miracle for you, I need to tell you today that that is not his plan. If God's plan is to be having miracles everywhere, that should be what we will find in heaven. The plans of God are revealed, especially in his natural estate, where, for example, you realize that where everything is perfect, in the Garden of Eden, no need for a miracle. Everything was there. Everything was perfect there. So even if God, you, 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 um, you, you had a problem, you had an issue, and God came through for you, that's not his plan. That's not his plan. To always be coming through for you. That's not God. That's not the God of the Bible. Always you were somewhere and God came through for you. I need to understand that the blessing is greater than a miracle. The blessing is the default state of the workings of God. When a man is functioning in the blessing, there will be no need for a miracle. So, if you win consistently, like for example, like for example, um, it will be Absurd to think that God, you know, wants to provide your need. Ah, but pastor, the, uh, the Bible says that my God shall, you know, my God shall supply all your needs. So, pastor, what you're saying is not in the scripture. It is. Take, for example, Paul said, he didn't say God shall supply all your need. He said, my God shall supply all your need. He didn't say God shall supply all our need. He said, my God shall supply all your need. When Paul was now talking about himself in terms of what he experiences with God, he said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. He said, I know how. He's telling you, I know how to have more and I know how to stay and be content. He says, I know how. He didn't say at that time God will supply me something. When he was talking to the babies, he told them that my God shall supply all your need. But when he's coming to himself, he now says that I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So when it came to him, he shows that I'm not into praying for what I want. I have come to a place of knowing how to. So the mentality of the Christian being a weak, weakling somewhere, Always waiting for God to come through. Oh, God really came through. Good. But that's not his plan. Let me use this to explain. For example, um, 
Let's say you are probably, say, 40 years. Your parents are still alive and you're living with them. Your mom can't say, because you're not supposed to be in the house, when she cooks, she'll not give you. Do you understand? But you're, you're probably hungry. All right? They see you in the house, always hungry. So she has cooked and she has given it to you. And the insult with which you add the, the food, do you get it? You know, she will give the food to you though, but she doesn't expect you to be in the house at that time. So even though she's feeding you, it doesn't mean that's her plan. So sometimes certain things happen for certain Christians and it becomes one win. They win once. Then for a very long time, they are beaten down with life. They are beaten down by the devil. They are beaten down many things. Then they win once again. Then another time, they are beaten down again and again and again and again and again. Then they win one again. So every time they win, as in once out of the, the, the many years, it becomes the God who came through. You know why they win once and never win again? Because they are not trained. They are not trained. I said something to some people yesterday. I said, no matter how much a father loves his five-year-old son, he will not give him a gun to defend himself. He might end up shooting everybody in the house. He is not trained to handle a gun. So whether, God, whether the father loves the son is not in question. He has to be trained to handle the thing. So there's a spiritual training. That God gives a man that if he has and masters, he will be having consistent victories. Consistent victories because he knows how. Ecclesiastes, he says, the labor of the fool weary at every one of them. He said, because he know not how to go to the city. So, there's a spiritual training. And today we are going to go into, into this. So that the whole mindset of... So, you will appreciate your journey with God. Exodus 13. I'll start from verse 16. Like pastors say, oh boy, I love this. I love this. Oof. And it shall be for a token upon thine hand. Seeing it. It shall be for a token upon thy hand. And front them between their eyes. Now he's talking about the word, the word of God. He told them the law that he gave them. All right, he says, It shall be a token upon thy hand. He said, It shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Okay? He says, For by strength of hand the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. Now, look at verse 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near. Come on. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and, all right, and they return to Egypt. Give me an IV. So um, the King James is making the words not hit your heart well. Let's look. NIV of this particular verse. Verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistines' country. Though that was shorter. Look at it. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. No, come on. If you were given, if you were given the opportunity to be God, and you really love the, the Israelites like you said, that you sent Moses to go and pick them and say, let my people go. You, you, you look like a very good God. I think if I were God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start displaying. What am I going to do? The children of Israel get to the Philistines. I, God, will now come, sweep them away from there. What, what do you think? Yeah, like, you know, display there. Moses will lift one rod. Then everywhere will scatter. The people will be flying there. You see what we think about God. 
Like, when we think about God who comes through, that's what we think. Like, God will just halt everything and everything will just begin to work. You understand? That's what we, we think about God. And, and if those things don't happen, it's like we think we need to pray some more or we need to do something or something is, something is wrong, something is something. It's like we, we have set expectations of God, but we've never had the, not taking the pains to go to the scripture to learn God. This is one of the scriptures that will help you to learn God. Because he's showing you the character of God. This is not a scripture for you to just know and put in your head. He's showing you the character of God. He says, God did not lead them. Now, he didn't say Moses did not lead them. He said God did not lead them. That means God does not lead you that way. He said God did not lead them through the Philistines' country, though that was shorter. So God is not interested in giving you a shortcut. No amount of prayer will make God give you a shortcut. When we say God is a miracle worker, we are not saying God is a magician. So, through the road of the Philistines, he said, he, he, he did not let them go there. He said, even though the road was shorter. And you know, according to the Bible, the Bible says that that road was actually 11 days. Now, these guys spent 40 years, instead of 11 days, I mean God. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to tell you today, God cares, but he does not care. Until you meet certain requirements, as it were, you can't say you are leaving a five-year-old boy in the house and there's nobody to take care of him, so you are giving him a gun to protect himself. He said the road was shorter. Then he adds, for God said, oh. <laughs> not Moses said, for God, no, it was, it was not Moses' idea. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Principle. What's the principle you see there? That means the road that we're going to pass through is going to be, if it's going to be shorter, that means they're going to meet the Philistines. And if they meet the Philistines, they might change their minds. That means God knew that the mindset of the people was not ready for a short journey. And return to Egypt. Why would they change their minds? Because of war. So what is going to, God is going to work on them now? God is going to work First of all, on their mindset before the promised land. You see, they are expecting the promised land, but God is not thinking of the promised land first. You see, they, they want to go to a promised land, but God is not expecting. You see, when we talk about, you know, you coming into manifestation, you coming into what God wants you to be. I know, I, I'm sure you've seen pictures of who you're going to be or what God said you're going to be. That's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. God probably showed it to you, but that's not God's primary thinking. He's thinking... Are you still fearful? Are you still learning to trust? How far have you gone with faith? Continue, verse 18. So God led the people, oh my God. I, I, when, when you read scriptures like this, let it ring in your heart. He said, it's not someone. God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. So he led them through the desert road. Now, when they came out of Egypt, the God who brought them out, led them with Moses. Now, the first miracle they saw, because they did not go through the shorter journey, they saw the miracle of the Red Sea. Something to add to the archives of God. You see what God is thinking about? What are you adding to your archives of him? Spiritual training. What is adding to your knowledge of God? You know, there are two main ways God trains people. One is by precepts. Two is by practice. 
There's a training for victory, ladies and gentlemen. There's a training for victory. There's a training before you come into that place. There's a training God wants to give you. And I said, you can wail, you can shout, you can roll on the floor, you can do whatever you're doing. And sometimes, you know, when you come to church, all right, for some people, because you can hear many testimonies, someone say, I came forward and I danced and this miracle happened for me. Then another person thinks, but I also danced. Why didn't anything happen for me? At that time of your life, the question is, are you in training or are you in manifestation? That dance there was required, even though nothing happened, but it was required because it will add to your archives of God. It's like a, the, the woman who is going to give birth. The first push is painful. I've never experienced it, but they said. <laughs> the first push is painful, is horrible. They shout, they scream, but the baby didn't come out. Then she pushed again. Still no baby is coming out, but it's still painful. It still requires a lot. She will push, she will push. Then there was this last push, and the head of the baby came out. We will appreciate the last push, but the first push was also important. Training. God probably has led you to pray a five-hour prayer. You were expecting that right after that, everything will just metamorphose. No? 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 God is training you. God is training you. I tell people a lot, of, a lot of the time. You know, when you are calling for God, prosper me, God, prosper me, and God is not responding, it means there's something you do not know. Or there's something God has seen about you that is not correct. I'll give you a clear example. There was a time in my life, all right, if I sleep in a hotel, a very good hotel, I can't pray. The comfort is too much for prayer. No, if you, if you, you know, if you have not been rich before, eh, you will think God should prosper, you will serve him. You will not be the first person to run away from God after blessing. So many. I have seen many. So, I, many years ago, I, I, I would be in a hotel and the comfort is so much that when you start praying, you just lie down on the cozy bed, you know. So cozy. So cozy. You can't pray for long. Like you will be able to pray when you are staying with your seven family, two bedroom, seven in the house, two here, two here, four in the hall. Sometimes it's not because you want to pray. You are just not comfortable. So you just shift yourself one way and you just pray, 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 pray. The day they put you in a, in a cozy hotel, Marriott Hotel, you can forget the name of the Lord. So God will be checking you. Is he ready? He's not ready. Okay, more training. More training. More training. Until one day, in the midst of comfort, you don't forget God. And God is the only one who knows the day you, you get there. I said, God is the only one who knows the day you will get to that spot. <laughs> God is the only one who knows the day you will get to that spot. God wants you to have money. The only thing, he doesn't want money to have you. The day you will let go and your heart is free of material things. Your heart is free of the, you know, the day your heart is free of it, they will start coming. You know, Jesus Christ told us, he said, seek ye first. He said, when you seek ye first, he said, all things shall be added. And most of the time, at the time they are added, they are not a priority. 
They're not a priority. And the time they are added, they're no, no longer a priority for you. You know, I'm not shading anyone. There's nothing wrong with it. But it shows something. You know, sometimes you see some people post on their status, some bands and some, you are still a baby. You are still a baby Christian. They'll post a Range Rover. They'll post a, a, post a Rolls Royce. You are a baby. You are still a baby. Wow. What's a, you are a baby. Look, when God trains you, when God trains you, you see them as toys. The man of God, Pastor Chris, shared a story. He said, he used to really love cars. You know, there are people like that. They just love cars. I'm not one, right? But I know a lot of people who love cars. And there's nothing wrong with it. Right? He just love cars. He said he used to really love cars. So he had this very, very expensive car. So one day when he was driving and robbers attacked him and collected the car from him and drove it away. You expected he would have said, take it. And no. <laughs> if he said take it, nobody would take anything. The only thing they would take is the car. They drove the car off. Pastor said, as they drove the car off, his love, the love for cars, it went with that car. Today, he has cars he, does not, he has not seen before. He has cars he has not seen before. People just drive. I bought a new car for Pastor Chris. He does not even come downstairs to come and see the car. Spiritual training. Is God trying to give you? No. God's trying to make you. He said, follow me and I'll give you fishes, right? Is that what he said? Follow me and I'll give you fishes. No. Follow me and I will make you fishes of men. I said, God's not trying to give you. He's trying to make you. Training will always come before manifestation. Unless it's not God. If it is God, training will always come before manifestation. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You know, even in prayer, do you know there's training for prayer? Yeah, there's training. There's training. Like, for example, when I shared the testimony on Sunday, Chelsea and her sister. When I told them what to do, they knew what to do because they've been cell leaders. And to be a cell leader, you know what it means. If you take it seriously, there will be a lot of prayer. So you will learn a lot of things about prayer. Now, why is it that... uh, God did not just carry Moses to, to Pharaoh and immediately started telling him, put the rod down. He trained him first. He told him, put it down here. He saw it turn. He said, pick it by the tail. Training. Training. He was training him. Okay, this rod. We do it like this. We turn it like this. We, you hold it like this. You say this. Even to what he would say. Training. So by the time he got to Pharaoh, it's not a guesswork. He's not trying to work a miracle from nowhere. Trained to do it. And as he kept doing it with God, you know, he kept building confidence because he kept experiencing more. He kept seeing more, building more confidence. It's like, it's like when God starts training you with money. When God starts training you with money. One of the things is that he'll be training you with giving. You have a little, God says give it. You have something little, God says give it. And when you give it, somebody said, I gave 100 cities and I received 50,000. But you gave your 500 cities and nothing came back. You are God's project. He's doing something. I don't remember ever dropping money in my early days of Christian, ever dropping money and receiving anything back, I don't remember. I don't remember. I drop it, it goes. I drop it, it goes. God, what's going on? Keep on. Continue doing it. Drop it, we move. Sometimes the last money I have. What was God doing? He was training me. He was training me to think differently. You see, for some other people, God will still be babying them. They give and he gives them something back. They'll be like, ooh. And let me tell you something about miracles. Miracles are only a bit. A lot of the time, I've noticed it happen. When people come to church first, God just show them small mafia. Then, oh, wow, wow, God in it, God in it, God in it. If you're a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you've noticed it. When people come to church first, then one powerful word. Woo, they receive their car. Wow, God is really true. Wow, wow, wow. Then they stay. So God has just baited them. It's like Peter. 
All he wanted was fish. Jesus Christ said, okay, cast your net. He caught the fish. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought Jesus Christ would make Peter go and sell the fishes and make money and become a big time fisherman. But Jesus Christ said, you know what? This is just small. Follow me and I will make you. So three solid years of Peter's life. He had no life. Full-time ministry of following Jesus. It's not like he's even going to preach. <laughs> three years of wasted <laughs> working with somebody. After three years when Jesus died and there was that, he went back to his fishing. He went back. Because the three years, nothing. Nothing. He caught fishes. So many fishes. But after three years, when Jesus ascended, the Holy Ghost came. For the first time, Peter stepped out and said, men and brethren, what he had seen Jesus be doing, all of a sudden, he didn't know that during the three years, something was forming inside him. Something was forming inside him. He didn't know. All he needed was that heavenly, you know, ingredient to just top it up. And that was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came upon him. Immediately, he remembered Joel too. Ah, Peter, you didn't know Joel before. He knew it. But when the Holy Ghost came, he remembered Joel. He said, men and brethren, this was what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That is the life. And on that day, the Bible said 3,000 people. Peter, fisherman, training, training. To the extent that Bible says that when they saw Peter, he said, knowing that they were unlearned men, he said they took notice of them. They had, they had been with Jesus. Oh, God. So those three years were not a, a waste. Those three years were not a waste. It looked like it was a waste, but those three years were not a waste. He said they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. All the three years of being with Jesus paid off. People saw them and said, no, this person has been with Jesus. This person was walking with Jesus. Proverbs 22. Now, from the things I'm teaching, pick the principles. You know, there are scriptures you just read. There are scriptures that are principles. For example, you see God did not lead them through the way, the shorter way. Who else did we see something like that with? David. He was anointed to be king at 17. He only became king of uh, Hebron at 30, 13 years. What was going on? What was going on? In the cave of Adullam. And the place of the training are not pleasant. Hard on the training ground, easy on the battlefield. Have you heard it before? Hard on the training ground, easy on the battlefield. The principle of training is a principle in God. When you read Mark chapter 1 verse 13, the Bible says Jesus Christ went into the wilderness. He said, and there he was tempted of the devil. And two, he was with the wild beast. Learning what? He was with a wild beast. He was learning to tame wild beasts. He was learning to tame. It was training. So when he came out and he said that a devil should shut up, he knows what he's saying. Mark 1 verse 13. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast. Go to Proverbs 22. A principle there. Verse 5. He says, Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That means it is when someone is old. And when I say old, it's not old age with, with gray hair. That means there's a time of maturity that you are expected to manifest. So the time of you being a child is a time for training. That's why a lot of the time God picks people at a younger age. Because there's, it takes time to train. Let me tell you something. God will never cut corners for anybody. A quick work is not synonymous with a rush work. When God says, I'm going to do a quick work, it not means he's going to rush the work. Woo! Now, he says, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, verse 7. The rich ruleth over the poor. Now, 
and borrower is servant to the lender. Now, why did he say this? Because of verse 6. Go back to verse 6. Train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That means God is telling them, train up a child because they're rich rather than poor. So if you don't train your child to be rich, he's going to be poor. So there's a training. There's a training. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Led thee to humble thee. Let me tell you something. Of humility, if you don't pass it, you are not going anywhere. <laughs> these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee. To know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Go ahead. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sometimes, all right, in your walk with God, you started, you were coming to church. Your uncle was paying your fees, all right? Your uncle was paying your fees. Then all of a sudden, when you got born again, your uncle stops paying your fees. How is it that? Now that I'm born again, my uncle has rather stopped paying my fees. You know what? God is training you. When I see things like that, that looks like God. It doesn't look like the devil to me. That looks like God. You know what? God is taking your eyes away from your uncle. It is something he specializes in. So, the mistakes of Christians will make. They will go and pray. God, let my uncle. God, let my uncle. God, let my uncle. No! Turn to the Holy Ghost. What are you trying to tell me? What are you training me? Now, I've gone to a place in my life because of some of these trainings. I want to place my life that no human being can bluff me. Not one. Father, send me my destiny helper. You are, you, you are not trained. trained. You are not trained. Because when you are trained, there's only one helper. And his name is Holy Ghost. If he requires anybody to help you, he will send you the person. Ladies and gentlemen, don't cut corners. I was talking to one of my daughters yesterday. And, you know, somewhere she has gone to work. And, and um, you know... The people, the, some of the men there, the big men there, are saying, you know, we can help you. We can help you, see. Trying to um, get her to, to sleep with them so that they can, you know, they're saying, we can help you. You know, you can, we can do this. We can do, oh, you don't know. You know, God does not just help people. God passes through people to help people. And I was like, yeah, they'll preach right now. You know, so it was saying, the Bible was saying, as she was telling me, I was getting angry. I said, who are you, mortal man, who can leave all your money tomorrow? Nobody, you cannot help me. You don't, you don't know. You cannot help me. I'm wondering if when we start a church, if anybody says, say, I want to sponsor the church, you'll be broke by now. <laughs> you'll be broke by now. <laughs> I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. The God which made heaven and earth, he said, he will not suffer thy foot, thy foot to be moved. The Lord that keepeth thee, I said, he will not slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade. Upon thy right hand, upon thy right hand, for the sun shall not smite thee by death, nor the 
I said the danger with doing it is you can do it for three, four years. Yes, you will rise. When you get there, you will start the class again. The class of depending on God, you will start it again. God will not continue on from where you stopped. You will start it again. I'm telling you. Because the training is non-negotiable. I said, God cares who? He does not care. Because you see, anytime you trust in man, you have dishonored God. Anytime you trust in man, you have dishonored God. You repeat the class. Training. Go back to the chapter. Chapter eight. So while they were in the wilderness, they saw manna. They saw manna. They were hungry at a point, and they prayed, and God provided. They saw manna. They saw the provision of God. Which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know the purpose of the manna, not just to feed you, that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone. I see where that scripture Jesus quoted it from now. He said he fed thee with manna. He said the reason why you went through all the things you went through, he said so that you will know that man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeded from the man of God. So, you know what God is showing them here? The food that comes from your faith, the victory that comes from your faith is more durable than one that comes from somebody who helped you without God. Why? The manna they ate it. So why is he saying man shall not live by bread alone? But the manna came from the word of God. No, there's a difference between Ishmael and Isaac. Isaac came from the word of God. Ishmael came from normal work. Come on now. Yeah. So it's not about it coming from Abraham. Do you get it? So Abraham jumping on Hagar, it came from, you know, human advice. Sarah advice said, no, Abraham, you do the do. You will have a child. No, no, be child they look for. You get it? No, be child we are looking for a child now. So yeah, all this God will do it. God will give us son. I beg, Abraham, do they do? So they try to cut corners. They try to cut corners. God said no. If Isaac is going to be the seed through which the, the, the Christ will come, through which Israel will be born and the Christ will come, it has to be by the word of God. It has to come by the word of God. So I tell people, I said, there's nobody on this earth who can promise me anything that I'll believe the person. If you promise me anything, I'll go and cross-check from God. And when I go and pray and God says, behold, he shall give it to you. I know it is not you. My faith is in the word of God and not the promise you gave me. There's no human being on this earth who tells me you give me something I believe in. I tell business people all the time. I said, you know, sometimes they come to you, so no, someone came to me, so he has promised me a deal. I said, uh, if it is not on the solid rock of the word of God, I said, it's a time bomb. It's only a matter of time. I said, two main ways that God trains is by precept. And we're going to look at the precept now. Precept. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You know, Jesus, you know, this is about talking about people who claim they can help you. And you know, sometimes it's better to go hungry than to get some help for some people. I'm telling you the truth today. Sometimes it's better to go hungry than to get some help for some people. Because you will repeat the class. Some people are not conscious that God is training them. And they think, I need to eat. God must give me food. No. What, what, what is going on with you now? What are you learning from it? You see, very important. What are you learning? What is happening with you right now? What are you learning from it? While you are effecting the change of the word of God, what are you learning in the process? Seek ye first is not just a scripture to me. It's my life. It's training. God took me through the motions of it. So I speak of it differently. All right, look at this. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. So we are looking at training by precept. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, NIV. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. What's training in righteousness? The, it's like training in godness. That, that's, that's righteousness. Training in godness. There's no word like that, but I need to catch it. It's like training in righteousness. Because righteousness is the nature of God. So, um, the training, there's a training in, like for example, what I'm teaching you is training righteousness. 
There are other trainings. <laughs> there are other trainings. There are other trainings where people teach you how to scam people, how to do something, you know, uh, how to, you know, lie to somebody and take some money. That's also another training. But if you're going to be through the, if it's going to be God's kind of um, result, that's going to be achieved through righteousness. So he says, training in righteousness. It's more than right living. No, training in righteousness. Training in the life of God. Training in working with God. So there's a training. So he said, the scripture is giving us, he said, it's God read, used for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and also useful for training in righteousness. So there's a training. There's a training that God gives us through the scriptures. When we look through the scriptures, we begin to receive training through the scriptures. Training by precept. When you study the scriptures, you begin to see, like I'm doing today, I'm using the scriptures to help you understand. And it's also a different kind of training. Why do we come and sit in church? We don't sit in church. We don't come to church on Sunday because we feel like. God leaves us with no options, actually. So come and church on Sunday. You know, at a certain time in your Christian life, you're going to be excited about coming to church. But at a certain time, it now goes beyond being excited about coming to church. It's a training. You have to go because it's a training. Remember the scripture I shared with you. Look upon Zion, the city of our gathering, solemnities. I mean, when we get to heaven, we'll still gather for meetings. So, attending meetings on earth here is a training. So, it gets to a time in your life that some meeting is not, I want to go. And I'll, I'll talk about something very, very important. And these are things that you pick. When you pick, you know, you, 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 you do, you use. Your life just move on. Move to another level. But if you think it's not for you, right? You keep on with your own, what you're doing. Just know that your road is going to be very long. It's not a curse. It's the truth. Imagine if someone told the Israelites that you, you, you are not going to go through the 11 days journey. You're going to go through a 40 year journey. They'll say you're cursing us. It's not a curse. It's God leading you like that. And God was right because in the wilderness they complained. So imagine if they went 11 days. On the way, on the way, ladies and gentlemen, they, uh, Moses said, I'm just going to collect something from God. By the time they came, they have replaced God. <laughs> so God was not wrong. Training. Oh, some people's manifestation always delay because of this. And one of the things I need to master is master becoming less materialistic. Like, master it. Master it. Master it. If there's something to be done in church, don't buy new hair. I'm telling you, it's a training. It's a training. God, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not like God cannot, cannot provide. It's not like God cannot provide. It's, it's a training. What are you doing? God is training you in Matthew 6.33. That, am I first in your life? Am I first? God is asking you, am I first? So sometimes, you come face to face with something, you have to make a choice. It's not like God cannot give you both. He can give you both, but he's training you. What will you choose? You choose the wrong thing, you go back to class one. You know, like some people, when they start a business, immediately they want to start making money immediately. Uh, you are joking. You are joking. Oh, but pastor prayed for us. You are joking. Even the prayer is what is causing this thing to happen. <laughs> You will need to understand the business. You will need to prioritize the people you are serving. Because Jesus Christ said it is those who, who, who serve who become great. So you need to prioritize the people you are serving. 
So the question is, the business I'm doing, if it's food I'm cooking, are the people satisfied with their food? I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking about making money. No. I don't prioritize them. I need to learn so many things. So sometimes the first three years of the business is for learning. It's not for making money as it were. No great man knows nothing. He will fall down. Yeah, no great man knows nothing. Anybody you see, anybody can be rich. Not everybody can be wealthy. Anybody can be rich. You can win lottery and be rich. Yeah. But I promise you, we'll come back. We'll come and meet you back where you are coming from. I'm telling you the truth. It's not, sometimes, it's not a case. I just know. Because I've been trained through it. And I, you can be rich. You can win a lottery and just make it. If you have not built capacity to hand that kind of money, you are coming back. Is that I can go and sleep and wake up. I'll see what I've said. It's not pro- I don't need prophetic. Everything around us has intelligence. You will subscribe to the word of God. Sometimes some money comes into your hand and the money surprises your hand. You go. You didn't hear that. I said sometimes some money is coming to your hand. The money is surprised. Do you know the Bible says money is a spirit? So sometimes some money is coming to your hand and they are surprised. Like, what am I doing here? It's not here. I'm not supposed to be here. So you'll just be there, just be there, there. All of a sudden you just see that. Ah, but I had this amount of money last week. I don't have anything again. What's it showing you? What's it showing you? It's, showing, it's a surprise money. Now people receive financial miracles and they come back to zero. I told you it is not God's plan. You know what God's plan is? You know what God's plan is? What Elijah told the woman, what do you have in your house? He said, I have a little oil. He said, go and borrow vessels. As she kept pouring, as she kept pouring, that's miracle. After miracle, he said, go and sell it. So the oil finished where the woman's vessels finished. I see. So God's provision ended where the woman's capacity ended. I said, no great man knows nothing. That's why when I have the opportunity to meet very great men, I ask questions. Because no great man knows nothing. They say, oh, it is just the grace of God. When they tell you, it is just the grace of God, say, eh, yes, yes, but. <laughs> because if you ask me anything, even my first three questions, I'll tell you, you know, it's just the hand of the Lord. It's just the hand of the Lord. When you probe me deeper, the pastor Claude will tell you. When they, so they know the times to ask me questions. When they probe me deeper, when you ask me, so oh, it's the Lord. It's the Lord, it's the Lord. It's the hair. So say, since it's the Lord, what about? When you probe me deeper, I'll now begin to tell you one, two, three, four. That is it. And don't be a nuisance to your teachers. You know how? When I teach on intercession, don't come and ask me questions. Go and do it what I've said first. Last Sunday, what I taught in church, I didn't expect anyone to come and see me with problem. But yes, I did. <laughs> People came. Yeah, it's like that. It's part of my calling. <laughs> I was not expecting it. Because the first thing is, go and do it first. What's the question again? I said everything. It's not from, you're coming to clarify. Okay, so, so what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, we go, okay, how, uh, this one. But not that. That's I'm finished. <laughs> I, I just talked about something right now. Pastor, one lady came to me, she was crying. I said, crying about what? She said, her school fees. Her father says, cannot afford the school fees. I said, I just made you write money on a piece of paper and danced around it. What happened to it? 
What happened to it? You know what you just did? You just annulled that activity. Shabalababaya. So that's training by precept. Now let's go to training by practice. When Samuel heard from God, Samuel, Samuel, he says, okay. He thought it was Eli. He went to Eli. Eli said, I have not called you. Second time, third time. By the third time, Eli now taught him, when you hear the voice again, say, Master, speak. Thy servant hear it. You know what that means? It shows that Eli was an experienced man. Eli had worked with God and experienced God. He knew the answers God wanted. So check for the principle there. There are things that you would know and there are things that you would learn. All right? There are things you would know, things that you learn in your training with God, which will have to be experiential. You have, have to. Like, for example, I cannot, there are some things about prayer I cannot teach them. You have to start praying to know it. Do you get what I'm saying? There are certain things about, about prayer that I cannot teach you. It's like, what would I say? You will have to pray to know what, it, what I'm talking about. Like, for example, there are certain things about prayer, like victory notes. Some people, um, Pastor, how will I know I have a victory note? That's a foolish question. The Bible says, avoid foolish questions. That's one of the ones to avoid. When you go and pray first, you know, you, a victory note is such that eh, when it comes, it clears doubts, it clears everything. You will just know that this one, I have it. You just know that this one, I have it. So instead of, you know, trying to find out, you know, there are certain questions, like, for example, I, I told you last time, like a, um, uh, a young boy, a little boy, six years, coming to ask, uh, ask the father, what does sperms look like or something? Grow. You see yours. You understand? It's, we can't we explain it to you. A young lady goes to the mother. How does it feel like to have breasts? You are growing. You have it. You know. So there are certain things in, uh, in our work with God that require experiential knowledge. You see? You have to have experienced it or you have to have gone through and be trained through it. First Timothy chapter 3. Okay, I'll start on verse 2. A bishop. Who is a bishop there? A bishop is, is an overseer. Someone who is a leader. So we can put a leader, alright? A leader. So we are talking about, we are dealing with authority here. So someone who is a leader. So this is God's principle. So I said, every time you are seeing these things, mark principles. And see, okay, that means if God will ever put anybody in an, a place of authority or make somebody manifest or put someone in limelight, this is the thing God will look out for. Are you getting it? Okay. So it says, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. The husband of one wife there is not only about marriage, it's also about a focused person. All right? Giving to one person. Okay? Yes, but husband of one wife too is, is really important. One. Okay? <laughs> This is a scripture that cancels the ministry of Solomon. Even though many guys would have loved to go to the ministry of Solomon. Yeah, the ministry of Solomon looks like a very interesting one. But, yes. <laughs> there is the husband of one wife. He said, vigilant, sober, 
of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, powerful, not given to wine, no striker, all right? Not greedy or filthy looker, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. So if God is going to put someone in limelight, you look up for all these things. Is that one that ruled his own, his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity, all right? Verse 5. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? What is he talking about? He's talking about um, every move of God you see outside has to first start with you. Okay? So anyone who's going to, who's come to say, um, everybody should be focused, should have been focused himself. All right? So it, it gives all these powerful things that a leader, a bishop, or a novicea should do. Verse 6. He said, not a novice. Not a novice. This is my point. That means he should have been somebody who has experience. You don't put a novice into leadership. The person should have experienced something with God. Your manifestation, before you get into the play of your manifestation, you would have to have gone through many things. You would have to know, you know many things. And So let's look at it. Not a novice. He said, not a novice. Why? Why? Now look at the other ones. He didn't explain. Up to teach. He didn't explain anything. He didn't explain it. Convertious. He didn't explain it. Now, when it comes to this, he now starts explaining. Not a nervous. Lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. When you see somebody who, remember in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said he took you to the wilderness to humble thee. That means the training of humility, you will go through it. And God will make sure that you pass it. I passed it before I became a leader. Not a novice. It is only novices who are proud. Because if you have experienced God, you will know the power of humility. Not a novice. The training of authority. You see, when God is going to train you, one of the first things he'll train you with is he'll train you with authority. He'll train you with authority. Because before he can give you authority, you have to be have passed the test of authority. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Is that casting down imaginations? Have you seen that scripture before? Casting our imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, he's talking about authority here. Casting our imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. He's talking about authority, how to exercise authority. That's what he's talking about here. Then he says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Training in authority. Is something that you can never bypass. In, you know, I don't know what has happened to this generation. No respect for authority. They don't know what is called authority. I'll tell you how big God is. And, 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 and don't, don't, don't get my words wrong. You see, sins are not the same. All sins are not the same. Someone say, oh, Bonnie, it's not true. Jesus Christ asked a question in the book of John. He said, who had the greater sin? There's a greater sin. There are some sins they don't pass before God's eyes. God will rather, you know, tolerate an adulterous person than someone who does not respect authority. God will ask the person sharp. Why? He says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. What's the condemnation of the devil? He stood up against God's authority. I'll show you how big God is on authority. God is very big on authority. Like matters that have to do with authority, God has no joke with them. You are probably in a cell. What you don't know is that God is training you. Your cell leader is older than you. You don't know God is training you. 
Ah, see this small girl telling me that we have prayer meeting. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. Is this not Sunday? I can't say this on Sunday. At this wedding service, I'm going to say, you met, want to beat your leader smoking. I don't want to correct him. Matthew 23. Hmm. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples. Massive. <laughs> he said, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Verse 3. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe to do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. What's he saying? This is big. He says, now look at how many times Jesus Christ insulted the Pharisees. You hypocrites. At the time he said, you brood of vipers. You highness. Haina and hainana. Like, you this, you this, you Pharisees, you this, you that, you that. He was insulting them to, to show that he didn't like them. But when it came to the matter of authority, Jesus Christ, he faced it as it's supposed to be. He said, the Pharisees, he said, they sit in Moses' seat. So he said, it's not about them. He said, the Pharisees, it's not about them. He said, they sit in Moses' seat. He said, therefore, everything they ask you to do, he said, do it. He said, but don't do what they are doing. So I'm, I'm just giving you an example. You're going to see your, your leader smoking. Then the next day, they say, we are going for prayer meeting. <laughs> Who? Who? Prayer what? Prayer what? Smoker like you. He calls for prayer meeting. You go for the prayer meeting. That's it. Anything they ask you to do, you do. According to Moses' seat. You see, it was not about the Pharisees. It's about Moses' seat. Because to rebel against the Pharisee is to rebel against Moses' seat. And Moses' seat was God's seat. Training in spiritual authority. Joseph had a very big dream. The next thing, he has been sold into slavery. He now has to, the, the, the guy who was wearing a coat of many colors, he now has to do yes sir to Potiphar. He has to do yes sir, massa to Potiphar. Authority. Authority. Never joke with authority. Some people think we are very extra on authority. That's why I don't, I don't, play, I don't play with my senior pastor. I don't, joke, I don't play with him. I don't joke with him. Almost 12 years with me with Pastor B, I've never been familiar with him. Never. When they stay with someone for a while, then they start becoming familiar. Almost 12 years of being, I've never been familiar with him. If today he calls me, this is not, it's not in the Bible, my personal thing. I, I, can't, I can't stand and pick his call. I knew that as I call. Because my humility is not high service. If it was before him, I would have been doing, you understand. But no, in, this, in public and in private, I honor the man of God training in authority because you will never be given authority eh, until you have passed the test of authority. And ladies and gentlemen, if God ever gives you authority when you have not passed the test of authority, just know that he has trapped you. Just know that he's looking for an occasion to destroy you. He has trapped you. It's, it's in the Bible. The Bible says God sought an occasion to destroy the Philistines. So there are occasions like that. Yeah, there are occasions like that. If God ever gives you authority and you have not passed the test of authority, he has trapped you. Because your authority will never make any sense. Because you see, there are certain times in your life when you step into a certain situation, you will need to call on the grace of your father. Elisha said, where is the Lord God of Elijah?